Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and by popular demand, we are expanding the subject of murals throughout the entire summer. Yep, all summer long, you'll hear from master muralists to learn the tips to creating a thriving business, painting large scale. I have handpicked each interviewee based on their expansive knowledge of the mural industry so that you can learn from the absolute best. Plus, I'm throwing in some of my own mural tips within solo episodes, and if that isn't enough, I've created a full training for you all about how to grow your art business quickly using murals like I have. If you're listening this summer and thinking, okay, let me see what this mural thing is all about. Or if you're wondering if you could even create large scale paintings too, then go to artistacademy.co to learn how you can start making money in the mural biz. (laughs) The majority of my income comes from murals and I want to help you get started too because I know how profitable they can be. (laughs) Go to artistacademy.co to claim your free training. And I hope you're having a fabulous summer. (laughs) This week's episode features Missouri-based muralist Ray Harvey. I particularly liked this interview with Ray partially because we are only located just a few hours apart and I like connecting with other Midwest artists, but also because Ray has this bluntness about him (laughs) that's just a breath of fresh air. He delivered some tough love towards the end of this episode and I was here for it. Just wait, you'll, you'll hear exactly what I'm talking about. But we talked about pride, really, and how artists sometimes lead with their pridefulness instead of just looking at a situation as a business transaction. And from working with artists for the past few years, I've realized that in most cases, they are either struggling to feel good enough, so feeling like you can't compete with the other artists, or just, oh, things just aren't in the cards for you, or or they're struggling to be humble enough to learn new things. It's very rare to find someone who just sees it how it is without emotion and is confident enough to take criticism, learn from it, and not let it get to them. Who cares if someone doesn't like your art? Ray doesn't. (laughs) And I think you're going to really like his point of view on the profession of being an artist. It was unexpected of me to hear this from him, but refreshing to hear how he just doesn't put himself on this artist pedestal that we've all probably been guilty of at some point. (laughs) We romanticize the idea of being an artist, but rather Ray views being a muralist as his job. So let me know what you think about this week's episode with Ray Harvey. So tell me about some of the murals that you've done. So we love to talk about business and making money with murals, but we also love to hear mural stories. Have you ever done a mural for someone that was just, it just stuck out to you? I would just love to hear some mural stories. Stuck out in terms of bad experience or good experience? What do you mean? Whatever, both. Well, I find in this business, I meet a lot of characters and I'm not talking specifically about the, the patrons. When you're outdoors and you're doing public art, outdoors versus commercial, residential, indoors, you're out there every day and you really meet some characters. Um, I painted 
one summer I painted a uh, 48-foot mural during Fair St. Louis. It's one of the biggest Fourth of July fairs in the country. And we did it live. I had to have it done in three days because the fair was three days. So I had to do this 48-foot mural in three days. And it was right in front of 1.8 million people. Right underneath the arch is this large hill, and everyone sits on the hill and watches the air show. And so when things weren't going on, they always had me to watch, watch paint dry. And so I was up on the lift, and of course it was 4th of July, it was hot, and I had this guy come up to me, and you assume everyone that comes up normal, just great, great person, friendly person, and he was friendly. But the more we talked, he said, well, you got a minute? He said, I want, I want you to come down. I want to take you up on um, one of the main streets in St. Louis. He said, go into the Metropolitan Building. He said, it's all marble walls inside. He said, I want to take you up there. I said, well, how come? He, goes, he said, it'll spell everything out. He said, you come up there. We go into the building. You look at this marble because in all the veining, the marble, you can see the mothership and how we all got here and, and how it's all coming together. And it was at that point that I said, I got to get this thing done. I just, I can't stop. And so I don't know whatever happened to him and the mothership, but you meet some characters out there. And then I've had some patrons. I had one where I painted the ceiling of the Chase Park Plaza Hotel. This is back in 99, a long time ago. And um, it was a ceiling mural. And now Chase Park Plaza is right on the edge of Forest Park, where the 1904 World's Fair took place. And we were doing a ceiling mural, and I was trying to kind of commemorate all the really famous buildings at the World's Fair on the ceiling mural, and it's in Forest Park. So you're looking up at the mural, and the guy says, okay, I like the design. Your price is good. All good. I'll give you the job right now. But he said, you got to promise me something. I said, what? And he said, you got to promise me you won't use any of the colors blue or green. And I said, Really? We're going to be looking up at the sky at these buildings. You don't want any blue, and it's going to be a setting in Forest Park, and you don't want any green. He said, yeah, that's right. And I said, can I ask why you don't want any blue or green? And he said, it's because those are my father's favorite colors, and he didn't want to patronize his father, which is the dumbest reason I can think of. But this is, you get people that you're dealing with primarily who aren't artists. They're not creative. They don't work in that realm. You have no idea what requests they may make. Yeah. So there you are. There's two stories right there. Oh, my gosh. That's so awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. I, it's funny because there's so many people pass by, especially when you're working in public, that just want to talk. It, like you said earlier. And that, and that's great. I get, I get that a lot in, in, in Hannibal. My gosh, these people are just so hospitable. They, I've had visitors today, and I have every day. But they'll bring me cold drinks. They'll bring me lunch. The, I have businesses bringing me food. They just, and, and I don't, and I really, I don't think it's me. I think it would be any artist that was doing the type of large projects I'm doing here, they'd be excited. But fortunately for me, it's me. And so they're very friendly. They come and see me. They're friends. They support me. They wave at me. They honk at me. They pass the word. And I run into people who I've never met, but they know me by Facebook. And and seeing the art, they feel like we're best buds. And we can be. It's just that I've never met them before. So uh, <laughs> I actually have more contacts, more friends here than I do where I'm from. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. It's, 
It's funny because I, I get that sometimes as well. Uh, people will see the Instagram stories and whatnot, and they feel like they know me, and they'll come up to me in public and be like, hi, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I don't want to be like, who are you? I'm just like, hi, how are you? <laughs> like, how have you been? And I just kind of try to go with it. And because it's just always. Yeah. I can't memorize all the faces. I've met thousands of people, and I'm the only artist they've met. But I've met thousands of people, and they remember me. I don't. I just do a lot of nodding and, oh, you, yeah. And I don't mean to be rude. I just, I can't remember everyone. Yeah, exactly. So how do you get the majority of your um, projects, your commissions? Is it through word of mouth, social media? It's, it's, well, word of mouth is social media. But before social media, it was all word of mouth. Uh, somebody knowing somebody. And you do one restaurant, then the other, that guy's friend, he said, well, I want one of those. And so it's been a lot of word of mouth. And But I can say over 30 years, I've never run an ad. Where do you advertise really for murals? Who Who is your customer? Anybody can be your customer. So all you can do is make yourself as visible and as uh, notorious as you can, be out there where they can see you. And it's a lot easier with public art. Uh, like I said, I just had a guy walk up and want a card and he has a wall. I know which wall it is. I've been keeping an eye on that wall. And they want to see if we can work something out and do a mural. And that's great news because it was like the last mural and the last wall in that area that I had hoped to paint. So, but again, it's just people walking by and people knowing people. A lot of people who listen to this podcast, they just, they want to become a muralist. They see muralists like you and they're like, how do I do that too? How do I paint every day and make the big bucks and <laughs> do what I love? And well, I want to know that part too. Can you tell me what that part is? The big bucks part? <laughs> yeah. So actually, so how do you price? How do you price your murals? That, that's a, pricing is um, a big question with a lot of people. I, I love doing this. I really do. And to be able to drive down the street and, and see something you did five years ago. I mean, that, that's still pretty cool. I mean, it's really cool. I remember when I was a, freelance illustrator and I was working in small design studios in St. Louis and I'd be doing all 11 by 14 paintings that were used in advertisements and magazines and things like that and I remember doing a piece of art that was going to be used on the back of a, a cereal box and I just got so excited I thought man I made a big time oh, I'm going to be on a cereal box like when I was a kid looking at the back of that in the morning and and so it's still cool to open up a magazine and see a piece of art but when you drive down the street and pretty much everywhere I paint, but especially handle, you drive down the street and you see 10 people standing in front of you getting their picture taken. That's pretty neat. You've, you've done something. You know, I mean, you've, you had an impact on life, and I like public art because it comes with people. It's not the other way around. People don't have to pay a fee to get in and see it and be restricted. They can walk right up to it, touch it, and get a picture taken. It's all cool. So. Yeah. What do you think is the main thing that made you stand out as an artist? to be able to make such a career of this. I was really not very good at painting small. And that okay. uh, sounds like a smart aleck question, but it's the truth. When I was doing all those illustrations, they were all small and they had to put them on a drum scanner and scan them for advertisements. And I, it was a battle. It was just a battle. It, I got it done and I did some nice work, but it was a battle. And then around 1990, 91, there was a recession that really hurt ad houses and, and design studios quite a bit and I had to find some other way to uh, do art and make a living and so I started working with decorators instead of designers and I found myself doing a lot of Trump loyal illustration faux painting things like that pay the bills and that was fun too I like doing that but what I found out was they were using some really poor muralists these were guys that 
were uh, house painters trying to be a, an artist. Well, it was a lot easier for an artist to be a house painter. And so I found myself looking at these murals they were buying that weren't very good. And I thought, well, if I could just do what I do 18 inches wide, if I could do it 18 feet wide, then I'd have something. And so that's what started. And boom, I started getting murals. My first mural was a four-bait sheet of masonite I painted in my own house and took photos of it. Then I whited it out, painted it again, took photos of it. <coughs> and that's how I built the portfolio. You can't, I don't see how you can get any good mural jobs without samples. You have to show you can do it. You can say you can do it. You can kind of think you can do it. But until you've done, like the mural I'm doing now is, is over 60 feet wide and 30 feet tall. Until you've been on a lift in the wind or the rain and you've had to get down, get back and see what the heck you're painting because it's so big and you're so up close. To, until you've done all those things, there's no way that you can ever say you've got this. And I've been doing it for 30 years. I've over 500 murals. I don't have it. I've solved a lot of my problems, and I've fixed a lot of things. I've improved. But do and – and I will say I feel way more comfortable in whatever somebody may want. But it's the problem-solving that you have to do. It's not the can I paint this pretty horse. It's what do I do if the paint isn't doing, working right or the weather or the temperature or the medium or the brick. or the. It's all the problems. It's the problem solving that's the difficult part of the job that, that all you can do is model through it and eventually you've made so many mistakes, had so many problems, you've got the majority of them worked out. Yeah, so true. Well, it's really with murals, you're moving your body in all these crazy ways <laughs> and it's just exhausting at the end of the day. How many hours do you typically paint per day? Oh, it depends on the weather. It depends on a lot of things. When I'm outdoors, I find I can't do the sun as much as I could before. I got heat stroke working two projects simultaneously in the month of July or August a few years back, and I had heat stroke, and I was in bed for four days. And so I can't take the sun like I could. So, for example, in this job, on a 95-degree day, which it was last week, I'll be out there at, at dawn and work to maybe 9 or 10 in the morning, then I'll just stop. I'll go indoors and wait until 4 p.m., because at 4 p.m., the wall's in and shade, and then it's great, and I can work till dark. And so I have to keep my schedule and my deadline, the self-imposed deadline, in view, and whatever it takes to know I can get the job done. When I get to the point where I think, okay, I got this, barring problems, I'll do this tomorrow, I'll do that the next day, and, and then touch-ups, and we're done. When I get to that point, I work a minimum of six hours a day, but when I have to, maybe 12 hours a day. It just depends on the conditions. If I'm standing on the ground, or like you say, if you're up on a lift or scaffolding, the leg, what it does to your legs is you're rocking, you're constantly balancing, and it's, it's difficult. It doesn't look like it. You're, to everyone else, you're just standing there. But to you, you're balancing and holding paint pails and brushes and, and doing a bunch of weird poses and swinging your arm. and It's a lot harder physically than it looks like it is. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Okay. Um... Oh, I had another question and then I forgot it. <laughs> is there, I guess I'm just really trying to extract some of the mural information that you have throughout the years. And so, there's a lot of times where like it's, uh, students who join the Artist Academy and they're brand new, I always say you don't even know the questions to ask. Yeah. To you don't know what you don't get. know. Yeah. Exactly. You don't know what you mm -hmm. don't know. So I'm kind of coming at that with you. I'm like, so I've been doing murals for seven years probably but still there's so much I don't know and just so many different things and as you said you're always learning so 
what's something that you would give a piece of advice that you would give a muralist, I guess, that's that's real easy. The best advice I give is don't be afraid to look bad. Oh, okay. Okay. Don't be afraid to look bad. If you're afraid of trying a technique or trying a color, trying a design, trying a size, trying anything, because you're afraid, oh, I'm going to screw this up and everybody's watching, you'll never improve. You'll never improve. You have to not be afraid to look bad. And it's no fun to look bad. It's no fun to fall on your face in front of people. It's no fun to paint something that really sucks and just looks terrible. And you think, oh, my gosh, they thought I was something. No, <laughs> they figured it out I'm not. And, but that's the only way. It's the only way you're going to improve. You just have to fail. You have to look bad. And, and eventually you'll say, oh, yeah, I got this. I know what's going to happen if I do this. It's going to run or it's going to peel or it's going to do something weird. And you know what to do next time. And, and you know, <laughs> for me, give it 30 years. You'll be fine. <laughs> so do you not care as much anymore? You, you've, just, you've done it so much, and so you're just like, eh, if, if somebody doesn't like my work, it doesn't bother you as much as it did in the beginning? Or? Well, yeah, you have to keep in mind, there's a big portion of the public that's never going to like you anyway. And, <laughs> and they're not going to like you anyway. They're going to like what you drew. I had one guy just freaked out. I've never had a guy get so <laughs> angry so fast to the point where I literally thought he left the building to go get a gun. I mean, that, it was that serious. He was so angry. I was painting a transportation mural, and I was painting trains at the time, and he didn't like it because I hadn't put a Union Pacific train up there. And he took his trains very seriously, and he, it was scary. I made, he left the building. I had to call to get some security because he did come back in, and they went over and talked to him. But <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but it was crazy. I mean, he, he was nuts. So there's always some people that, thinks their brother, sister's cousin could have done a better job. They could do a better job. They'll admit they can't paint or draw a stick figure, but they can sure tell you what you did wrong. And so there's always a portion of that. But really, I've just learned that 99.9% .9 of the people that see what I'm doing know good and well that they can't do it. And they really don't know how I do it. It's not magic. It's just experience. But they, I really don't care. I want them to like it, but... To the ones that are skeptical, to the ones that are doubtful, the ones that think, eh, I don't like those colors, well, fine, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Give your business card to the guy. Maybe he'll call you next time. That <laughs> sounds cold, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, and I guess the people who are paying you are really the main critics that we have to be worried about anyway. It's called power of the purse. Who's ever paying the bill? That's if they don't want blue or green, they don't get blue or green. I mean, there's times when I, when I if I just think it's a, just an awful idea, whatever they want. I'll tell them, I'll say, look, I see what you're trying to do here. However, because of reason A, B, and C, let me tell you what's going to happen or why that is not a good idea. But I always offer them an alternative. Quite often they'll say, oh, never thought of that. Okay, let's do it your way. So <laughs> you hope. Sometimes you have to paint some really stupid stuff, but it is a business. And I'm not like a lot of artists that paint, 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 paint in their spare time have paintings leaning up against the wall in their studio, and, and I don't do that. If there's no money involved, if there's no check, if there's no contract, Ray doesn't get the brushes out. I don't paint. Now, I know that's, uh, I go against the artist law or whatever of, you want to call it, because some people respect their trade and their art so much that it's like cheating on themselves and I don't see it that way. I like doing it. I like everything I paint. I like being able to do it. I appreciate it. I admire it. I respect other artists. But I've got too much stuff going on in my life to 
paint for fun. I hope when I'm painting out there on that wall, that is fun. That is fun. If it's not fun, then you screwed up at the beginning. Yeah, it's true. Well, I love that you're so honest about that too. You, you seem very like cut, cut and dry. I'm here to make money and love what I do, but not going to do it for free. So you, I think we you can... have no idea. If we had more battery power, you could really hear some stuff. Like what? No, tell me. <laughs> It's, I, I have some pet peeves about other artists. I don't, I have oh. artist friends, but I have, I find that a lot of artists don't have a lot of artist friends. And I've always wondered why that is. I paint my way because it's me. It's not the best way. It's not the only way. And I'm certainly not by any stretch the best artist. But to start, con artists tend to compare themselves with each other. And I don't know why. I don't think plumbers do that or any other trade. You just paint what you paint and not judge each other. Just some, I think all the artists in the group know who's really good and who aren't so good, or maybe they know some that are really good, but they wouldn't want to paint like them, but they really appreciate their talent. But artists, I think, get a little too touchy-feely. I think there's too many people in love with the idea of being an artist, and I've never understood that. I see art as temporary. When I'm dead and gone, I'm gone. The art will eventually go away. That's been the history of all artists. And so I don't love the idea of being an artist like other artists do. They just really, I'm an artist. And I, okay, I'm a pilot. So what? it's okay. It just, I don't think it should receive any more adoration than very many other trades do and talents do and jobs do. But I know a lot of people that like to play the part of an artist. I would rather just be the best artist for me I can be and, if everybody likes it, then I won. And if they don't, I guess I'll go into plumbing. Yeah, it, it's funny because I've thought that several times about how sometimes I'll be working on a construction site and people will come by and just say, oh, my gosh, you're, this is amazing, blah, blah, blah. But they're not saying that to the electricians, to the plumbers. Like, nobody else gets that. I'm like, so I feel kind of lucky to be in that. But it's you're also, very you lucky. Feel, you almost feel bad for everybody else. Well, they, they I, I, had the same, I had the same <laughs> thought last week because wherever I'm painting here, People are yelling and whistling and honking, and I've had guys yell out the way, hey, man, you're dope, and they're us badass. And I'm thinking some schmo down the street is painting a house white, and nobody cares. No. And, and and so I decided last week, if I'm ever in that position where I'm going down the street, see someone else, and be like, hey, man, good job. You know, I Aww. just think everybody deserves that, and I don't deserve it more than anybody else. And I, I really appreciate it, but. It's yeah, that is a shame that we don't all go around and say, man, you really wired my building well. It's, it's that was a good job or you painted well or you cooked my food well or whatever you did. That's uh, a shame. Other occupations don't get that same praise. So true. And back on the cold comparison thing, like you mentioned, that is a big thing with artists. So I train other artists as well. And it's very hard because a lot of people will come in, they feel bad that they're, they're, they don't feel like they're up to a certain level. And then a lot of people, even our friends, will compare, be like, oh, who's the better artist? And like in front of us. And we're just like, well, it's like, how do you answer that? And so I'm in, I usually answer it. I'm like, well, she's good at certain things and I'm good at certain things. And, but it Everybody's just, it good at matter. what they do. Yeah. Yes. But everybody loves to compare artists. Yeah. That's I've noticed, like, on the outside, people love it. They're just, like, they just love to compare people. And that's, like, that, it's almost like they're, that's their first instinct. And I'm, I've always, I've thought about this, like, many, many, many times of a way to maybe change that. 
because I think a lot of people don't realize that art, it's, it just, it's the more time you spend in it, the more practice you have, the better you are. But a lot of people see the outside who don't understand art that are like, oh, they're just born with that. And who, who's better like in that? And it's, it's not that. It's just who's had more practice and to do what. But who knows? It doesn't matter. Yeah. So who screwed up the most stuff? The <laughs> artists I don't trust are the ones that, that do the very same thing that they're, they think they're good at over and over and over and over again. And they never venture out, never try anything else. And that has actually worked to a detriment for me in some aspects because I can paint in a variety of styles. Maybe I'm not the best at any of those styles, but I paint in a variety of styles. And so a lot of people can't brand me. They don't know, is that the guy that, that paints good trees? I mean, they don't know. And I'm trying a lot of stuff, and I screw stuff up every day. But hopefully the next day I don't make the same mistake. But the people that do the same things over and over without trying new techniques and styles. And if you ask about what advice I'd give, I guess the second part would be try every kind of medium, try styles, try crazy stuff and, and be inspired by other artists and say, wow, that's kind of cool how he made those clouds. Let me go give that a go and, and try that. And more likely than not, I find you don't match what he did, but you find your own way and how to do it. That's what I find. And so you got to learn all the techniques before you can settle on one or be comfortable with one to get out there and do it. But boy, you know, I had a, when I was in my uh, 20s, I had a, an artist I shared space with. And he said, history will tell you that most artists don't really hit their prime until they're in their 50s or 60s. And to somebody in their 20s, okay, maybe you'll have to admit something here. That seems like I'll be dead when I'm in my 60s. There's no way I'm going to be in my prime. Wait till you get that old and you're still painting. And you'll say, man, was I a hack when I was in my 20s. Man, I was so bad. Man, I wish I knew then what I know now. Boy, could I blow them away. And you could. It's just, it takes a long time. You just really don't does. snap your fingers. And if you're not in there for the long haul, and forget it. Oh, I, I love that. I'm just going to quote that from you. If, if you're not in it for the long haul, then just forget it. I love yeah. that. That's very tough love that I, so my, growing up, my mom gave me a lot of tough love and I, so I love it. I'm so into it. Just, so I'm loving your style right now. Just give it to us as it is. So I do have a question. So a lot of artists and I work with beginner artists a lot. We're down to 10%. Just telling you, we're down to 10% okay. now. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> a lot of artists that I work with in the beginning, they have a hard time like getting started and a lot of it's just mental they see the artists the experienced artists like you and they're like well I'm not that good why should I even start and it stops them from starting what would you say to that young artist looking at an artist who has a lot more practice and what would you say to them to try to get them started or give them some tough love if you do that then you're a quitter it's it doesn't matter if you're whatever you are I mean, I mean whatever your business is if you're gonna go into it with that attitude you're a quitter. I don't know what to say. You, you got to love it in the first place. You have to love it enough and be inspired by it enough to want to go the long haul, to keep screwing up and to keep making mistakes and to keep working at it. If you're not, then you haven't found your thing yet. And that's very important now. For me, my thing found me. I can't ever, and I remember when I was four or five years old, believe it or not, I remember I have stories that I can remember when I'm four and five. It may not be accurate, but they're pretty good stories. But <laughs> I've always been known as the artist. I was in first grade when I was six years old. I was always singled out as, look at this he drew, look at this that he painted, isn't this something for a six-year-old? And so I was always known as the artist. And it just 
Okay. And I mean, they, people just sold me on it. And do I have talent? I, I just don't know anymore. I talent and experience kind of blurred together a long time ago. So yeah. that's, that's my answer. If you're going to do that, then you're just a quitter. <laughs> that's pretty tough, <laughs> but yeah, stay in it. If you have any inspiration, if you're inspired by it, do it, but don't do it because it's some romantic thing. You want to be able to say you're an artist. If that's what you're going into it for, no, not going to happen. Oh, I love that. Yeah, just take the whole romanticism out of it because it is a lot of work. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a long day. A lot of frustration, just a lot of the downside to get to the upside. But, you know, when I do a mural and I maybe go back into that city uh, a couple years later or something, and I see it again, it's all fresh to me. And I think, I did pretty well on that. That's, that looks pretty good. That I didn't think that when I left. I didn't think when I left, but now that I see it in fresh eyes, like other people, I'll like it. Of course, then I'll stand there for a while and pick it apart and think, you know, I should have done this, should have done that. But that instantaneous reaction, it, it, I think it looks pretty good. Oh, my gosh. I'm just so excited to hear that you do that as well because whenever I'm done with something, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm leaving. And then if I look at it a week later even, or even sometimes the next day, just to have that freshness, I'm like, oh, okay. That, that, is, that looks I, pretty good, I guess. You probably, you probably heard this before, but I had another artist, illustrator I worked with, and boy, he was really good. And we would talk about paintings, and we worked side by side in the studio. And, and he said an artist never finishes a project. He just gives up on it. <laughs> and I've thought about that for 30 years. And it's really true. When you get to the end of a project, you can always keep painting, keep painting. But you eventually get to the point where you're just done. You're mentally done. And I think I've just about done all that I can to this image. And if I paint any more, it's not going to make it look any better. It, I give up on it. It's done. That's it. It's done. And that's how I decide if I'm finished or not. If um, I'm out of time or I just don't think more paint is going to make it any better. Yeah, yeah, so true. And yeah, because there's always something to add that could make oh. it, oh, well, like, there's just so much. And or sometimes if the client's out of the budget, <laughs> be like, we don't have the budget to go any further. So we just stop. <laughs> That's so right. Yeah, so I think we've covered quite, I love <laughs> you're, you're asking the question, so. I know. Let's see, what's some more tough love that you can give us? Because a lot of people, they're just stuck in their heads, like, the, that are listening, and they're stopping themselves from starting, and they, they can, they're comparing, and they're doing all of that, and just, I, we need some tough love to get out of our, out of our heads, and... <laughs> well, I wish Nike. I wish Nike hadn't said it, but I could just say, just do it. Procrastination and waiting for the perfect time, the perfect—it just doesn't ever happen. Every journey begins with a single step. All that silly, you know, stuff. But it's all true. It's there's days when I, I'm in front of a 2,000 square foot mirror or whatever, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is. When I think of the number of brush strokes on a mural, and then you multiply that by how many you do a year by 30 years, and you think. I, all those strokes, all that physical labor, I don't even remember it. I can see the results, but I don't remember it. And you start thinking about how big you're painting, and, and they had someone say yesterday, well, it's like eating an elephant. Yeah, I say, I know, one bite at a time. You just take, it's baby steps. You just take one little thing. Don't be so demanding of yourself that you have to get it all done right now, even though you'd like to. And don't forget that it's just paint. This isn't brain surgery. It's just paint. If you screw it up, you paint over it. Not a big deal. I, the mural I'm doing now is for Continental Cement Company. 
a company I never thought I would give. It's really a cool design. It's about immigration and patriotism and things like that. And at the top, I designed the, the name Continental Cement in really old-style face. And long story short, I won't go into how I screwed that up, but I, I painted C-O-N-T-I-N, and it's all done. But unfortunately, it's eight feet to the left of where it's supposed to be. So I just finished right before we got on painting it out. It's just paint. I'll redraw it, and I'll redraw it accurately, and then I'll repaint it. It's just don't expect so much of yourself. Everybody screws up, and it is quite a journey. It's quite a you got to keep the destination in mind, but it's quite a it's a rough road. A lot of times, it's a really rough road, but in the end, it's only paint. It'll all work out, and it always has. It always works out. I've never left a project and think, oh my gosh, Florent, let's leave town. That mural was awful. Never. I've never loved it. I work it out. It always gets worked out. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be so serious all the time. I actually tell myself that quite a bit, that we're not doing brain surgery or whatnot. Yeah. It's just, it's okay. If it doesn't get finished today, then maybe finish it tomorrow. I don't know. That's so all you can do. Yeah. And I always tend to try to go really fast with everything and just finish it in a day or in two days or whatever. And so lately, even I always have to be like, okay, if this takes three days, it's okay. <laughs> like, it's just. You give yourself, I give myself daily goals. Not a lot of my projects take at least a week, if not a month. But you have to, I give myself, okay, when I start in the morning, by the end of the day, I want to have X, Y, and Z completed. Mm, okay. And if I get couple more letters and they're done, then cool, I had a good day. Or if I have a problem and I had to scrape to get X, Y, and Z, well, it, at least it's the markers along the road. It's markers as to where you're going, and that, that's how I work it out. People say I paint fast. I don't know. What's fast? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, what's fast? So uh, I just get done what I need to get done, the way I want it to get done in that time period to that day, and I worry about it tomorrow. Yeah. And hope it doesn't rain. I hope it doesn't rain, exactly, yeah. especially around in springtime in the Midwest. <laughs> That's every other day. <laughs> Pretty much. And down here in the city, I don't have much internet or I can't watch that radar because I live by that radar, you know, watching the storms come in, and um, it's very helpful. I mean, because I did have a mural I did in Omaha one time, and it wasn't the best weather conditions anyway. But it was kind of a foggy, and they were threatening mist and rain, and I was painting this big Mural, Willie Nelson. Willie, Willie's had to be 15 feet tall. The big thing on the, with a flag backdrop. And I was painting the flag. I had most of Willie done. And it's toward the end. I can see the dark clouds coming. And, well, I think it's going that direction. I'm going to keep going here a little bit further. And I got to the point where, okay, now I'm just getting serious. I've got to stop. And I thought it was all dry, and I stopped. I went out there the next day. I kid you not, I was painting that flag on the ground, was red, white, and blue paint. It was a metal building, and it rolled right off that metal. It, it, it desaturated, and it rolled off that building. And I have a photo of it, red, white, and blue paint laying in the dirt. The mural came off the wall. So you got to be careful. you got to watch the radar and know. you got to give yourself whatever your drying time needs to be because it, it can be bad. <laughs> it can be bad, yeah. It can be bad. Oh my gosh, the weather. Yeah, all, all of the crazy things you have to work all around. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for this I, in a phone battery, I think we should probably call it. <laughs> but I really... yeah, Before I offend too many more people or upset <laughs> no. them and yeah, they're all oh, walking no. off a short pier. 
Yeah. No, I think this is a great reminder for artists because we all just, there's so much pride in being an artist oh. and they're just, they're, everybody carries it around with them and just, and there's just, it's a job. <laughs> it's the it's, best job. If you're getting life. paid for it, it's a job. I always say that when I'm in the studio and I'm painting and I'm just painting, I'm by myself. To me, that's religion. That's between me and God, my talent, God given talent. That's between me and God. The minute any human I don't care if it's friend, family, foe, whoever, that sees that and now becomes marketing because then they form an opinion. Then you start judging your own art. Then you start changing your own art, and then it becomes a whole big mess. But it was a perfect thing between you and God there for a minute until someone else had to look at it. But once somebody else looks at it, it's business. Oh, so true. I love that. That's a great reminder, too. If you like it, then do it. And well, So many of us, too, we paint what somebody else what we think someone else wants us to paint a lot of the time too that way we can you know please everybody even if they're not right there saying like saying it they're painting what we think will sell a lot of the times and there's yep. some there's something to that but yeah. Yeah, there's a business you have to <laughs> make the cake taste good you know nobody's gonna buy it so yeah. but the whole pride thing um never I'm proud of my work, but I don't get into, I don't play those games. I don't, as you can see, I don't really look like an artist. I don't have a beret or a little goatee. I don't get into the tats and all the things that somehow make you a better artist. I don't do those kind of things. That's all baloney. You don't want pink so. hair? No, I, I'd like to have more hair to start with. So <laughs> if I had hair, maybe I'd do it pink. But the pride of being an artist is it's just silliness. Yeah, well, I love that you have a very to-the-point business mind, even. Well, I'm from Missouri, so. Show me, exactly. Well, I'm so enjoyed connecting with another Missouri artist. Thank you so much for coming on, and I will let you You're enjoy welcome. the rest of your Monday. Have a great day. I will. i got to go back to paint. got to get back to the wall. <laughs> get back to work, yep. All right. <laughs> Talk Take care. Bye. Bye now. Just another reminder that I have created an extra special training for you to learn how to grow your art business quickly using murals like I have. If you're listening this summer and thinking, okay, let me see what this mural thing is all about. Or if you're wondering if you could possibly paint large scale too, then go to artistacademy.co to learn how you can start making money in the mural biz. The majority of my income comes from murals and I want to help you get started too because I know how profitable they can be. So go to artistacademy.co to claim your free training and I will see you next week.